from the Carter Subaru Studios, this is the G and Ursula Show with G. Scott and Ursula Voitine. Happy Monday, everybody, and thank you for listening to the G and Ursula Show. It is the 11 o'clock hour. We're going to have a good time joining the G and Ursula Show. Filling in for Ursula is Jake Scorheim, host of Cairo Nights. Good morning to you, Jake. Good morning. Thanks for being with us, man. Boy, I tell you, I love the fact that you are able to do this show and then stay and do your entire show tonight, 7 o'clock to 10. Heck yeah. Make sure you guys tune in to Cairo Nights. If you're wondering about Ursula, just to give you an update, she will be back on Tuesday of next week. Okay, she's coming back. We're going to have a party. Jake, um, excuse me, uh, Nick, hopefully you got some music ready for <laughs> Ursula Celebration. Welcome back. You got some That'll of her favorites. Happy. That's all right. Good morning to you, Chef. Good morning. All right, so 1130, uh, do you have a plan on what we're going to talk about at 1130? I know that I do want to talk about um, the National Championship game coming up, and I do want to talk about how I cringe when I hear Governor Jay Inslee talk about the Huskies. Oh, we got to talk about that. <laughs> I, I just do. It's the most awkward exchange. My, I, I apologize. <laughs> it just was an awkward exchange between he and the governor of Michigan, and it just sounded so... It was like nails on a chalkboard to me, but that's just me. But right now, let's get to it. Agree to disagree. Brought to you by Garden Roofing and Gutters. One of these days, we just got to take off the gloves. Just really go at it. On honor of G's continued abstinence, I'd like to answer a question this morning, and that is, how are sugar taxes working out across the nation? There are currently five cities that have enacted taxes on sugary beverages, including Boulder, Philly, Oakland, San Francisco, and Seattle. And an econ professor at the U.S. Naval Academy analyzed sales data, published the results in the Journal of American Medicine. Quick note, the taxes range in each five cities from one to two cents per ounce, so about 67 cents to $1.30 for a two-liter bottle of soda and the results g are pretty clear on average prices for sugar sweetened drinks went up by 33 percent due to taxes purchases went down by 33 percent so g this is the first study of all five cities of its kind let's say one of your tacoma city council members or state uh, state rep proposes it this year for your city or the state what do you say should we do it yes jake i'm voting yes on it and i want to be clear uh, I'm flip-flopping because I was one that was against the whole soda tax. I didn't agree with it. I didn't like it at all. But this has to slow down. You guys know I'm on day eight of this whole no sugar thing. And, if, you know, I was kind of doing it as a challenge. But the more I keep reading on this, the more serious that it gets. I'm just going to simplify it. The average... American here in this country, we consume around 60 pounds of added sugar a year. That's six bowling balls of extra sugar. It's crazy. Everything we consume has so much added sugar. Years ago, there were studies done on cigarette smoke. So many. It took 7,000 studies for the Surgeon General to come out and say, and for them to put a label on cigarettes saying, yes, cigarettes may cause cancer. It took 7,000 studies. Sugar today is on par with that. It is causing so many problems in this country. I'm just, there's some people that study this for a living. You probably are saying, oh, gee, you're finally waking up? Yes, I am. I had no idea until I started going down this rabbit hole on sugar. So, yes, I'm going to go ahead and tax it a little bit because people need to slow down. What's what's so crazy to me is I, I 
not for eight days. Um, I tried to give up sugar. I looked into giving up sugar at one time just to see what it would be like. There is sugar in everything, and you would not expect sugar to be in so much. I mean, I understand like baking and everything like that, sugars and everything, but you cannot get away from sugar if you tried. You can eat vegetables. I mean, there's like healthy sugars and things like that. There's like natural sugars and fruits and vegetables. Just look at the bread. Like, look at your, look at your, whatever bread you normally eat. There's a bunch of sugar in it. Like, why is there so much sugar in bread? Which doesn't taste sweet. I guess it does maybe a little bit to us. To us. Because our our palates are so, like, sugar deadened. Yeah, but like, if you eat, if you eat, uh, you're right. Because if you eat bread over in Europe, somewhere that doesn't use the same amount of sugars, we we go like, whoa, this like tastes different. And people don't get as fat when they eat the bread from other countries as we get here. But, you know... I don't like taxes in general. I'm not a person who likes taxing onto things. I do think it hurts poor communities as well Mm -hmm. because taxes just hurt people who don't have as much money. I I, I agree. And and I've read studies that say, now this one says like that sales are dropping. And and so that's, I guess that's a good thing. That's the point. That's why they Mm want to have these things, you know, these uh, taxes on these, um, what do they call them? Like it's not a vice tax. Sweetened beverages. Sweetened beverage tax. Yeah. Go ahead. I respect you for saying that because what you just said about, Poor people, that has been my point on that before. And when I was like, I was against the tax. But now that I am on this crusade talking about this and learning more about it, by the way, I don't, I'm not an expert. I am just very, I have very little knowledge about this topic. But so far, guess who probably, guess who consumes more sugar in their diet in this country? Who's that? Poor people, yeah, because of processed foods, because yeah. it being cheaper to get a pop tart for your kids than it is to get some of these other things for your kids. Here's a question that I would have though, and and I again, the study is saying that the sugary beverages sales are going down. Yes, in correlation with taxes. In correlation with the taxes, but my question would be two things: one, are people going outside of the cities to buy these products where they're not so expensive? I have an answer for that. And then two. Are you really seeing people actually give up these foods or are they sacrificing other foods? So like if it's becomes, you know, really expensive to buy the type of soda that you normally buy or sugary cereals or Pop-Tarts or anything, mm. which are delicious, by the way. Um, if people are used to buying these things, but it becomes more expensive, are they then sacrificing healthier foods, which are cheaper mm. and maybe less satisfying, less addictive because they're still buying these foods that they really want to eat and taste good? I think the majority of us are f- we follow the trends. I look at pictures, and maybe you guys can relate to this. I look at pictures of my family, loved ones, friends, back in the 80s. Every adult, every adult, on those pictures were thin. And then in the 90s, if you guys remember, we had the fat-free phase, right? Yeah. Like, fat-free this, fat-free that, fat-free this, fat-free that. And, <laughs> and everybody we, got fat. And, <laughs> and everybody got fat. Yeah. Because we we know it was loaded with sugar. sugar. Yeah. But it was fat-free, chef. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, so to answer your first question, the only city out of the five that indicated that sales went up in neighboring communities was Philadelphia. Okay. And all four others, uh, sales did not increase in surrounding areas to so know people weren't driving elsewhere to get their sugar fix. As to your second question, I think that's a more valid one. Uh, while I challenge the assumption that healthier food is cheaper, because I don't think it is, I would suspect that people are largely replacing a sweetened beverage with perhaps a Lay's potato chip. Or uh, a bag of Skittles, yeah. because like the sugar taxes 
only impact sodas. No, and 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 you know what? You are right. Uh, healthier food is not cheaper. Yeah. Obviously, like if you're going to go out and buy really good organic, yeah, nobody's buying kale bok instead. Choy or kale or something like yeah. that. Like those are not cheap things to buy. And but people might be just sacrificing some of those healthier foods because they are also expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, yeah, it's a good question. Because COVID, boy, we're still dealing with so many things because of that simple phrase. Many universities went test optional, meaning that they stopped requiring the SAT for admissions. And in the New York Times today, quote, a growing number of experts and university administrators wonder whether the switch has been a mistake. Research has increasingly shown that standardized test scores contain real information, helping predict college grades, chances of graduation, and post-college success. Uh, G, for example, MIT, one of a few schools, have reinstated their test requirements. Their dean of admissions says, just getting straight A's is not not enough information for us to know whether the students are going to succeed or not. So do you still uh, still stand for the abolition of the SAT? Absolutely. Uh, Jake, I don't want the SAT back at all. The standardized testing, it just doesn't do, uh, I, don't, I don't think it says or shows anything about what that student can or will be. If anything, it really points to the education or the school system. Like, I'm willing to bet that there is a correlation between zip code and high SAT scores. That's what I gather from that. I don't I, I, I hate that for so many years there's so many brothers and sisters, young men and women who weren't able to get into schools or the trajectory of their life was derailed or it goes another way because of a score on a test. You know what else colleges need? I, I would like them to figure this out. And I, I, I don't really feel super strong in one way or the other on SATs. I, I'm not somebody who tested great for SATs. And so I would say don't have SATs, but yeah. I know that some people really like testing. Mm-hmm. I do think you are correct, though. When you look at people who have access to, you know, they can spend the money, they can go to the SAT test prep thing. They're kind of just figuring out how to game the system. And we saw, like, the college admission scandal was all about, like, you know, Lori Laughlin, Aunt Becky yeah. from Full House. Yeah. She paid somebody, apparently, according to the story to have take the SAT or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so you have people who have that ability can do that. And so that's not fair. But I think colleges need to do a much better job about figuring out how to help kids be successful. Because I would be interested in looking at colleges like how many kids you admit to the school actually graduate. It's Even if you drop out of college, it's still super expensive to go to college. And they have no problem handing out loans and putting people under tremendous amounts of like lifetime debt that some people get stuck in for college degrees that might be worthless because they're not getting jobs in the you know in the degrees that they're um, studying in college, or in a lot of cases they don't graduate from these colleges, and then they still have all this debt. So like colleges need to be much better about helping kids actually get through and finish school, so that when they graduate, mm. it's worth something, and they're not just like snowed under with all this debt. Well, Jake. You mentioned the college, the debt from college. I just wanted you to know that there's a lot of people that says back in their day they were able to pay off their college and sure. have, by having part time jobs. So these new, hey, if you go to college, you you, sh- you don't need any help. You should be able to pay off your student loans with your uh, part time jobs, right? Well, uh, I mean, you're talking to somebody who did that. I did actually do that. I part time jobs. I well, first I went to community college because I said my dad pulled me aside. He said, "Listen, if you go to a four year college, here's what it's going to cost you at the end of college. Here's what you're going to owe. If you go to a two year college first, mm-hmm. you can save this much money. So there are ways to make college a lot less expensive." Did you have 
for your college, did you have any help? Did you do all of it on your own? All of it on my own? For college? No. No, my parents agreed to pay one-third of my college uh, of my college debt. That's two thir- awesome. Two-thirds of it was on me, mm-hmm. and I, it took me about eight years after I graduated to pay that off. That's awesome. Not a lot of people get that opportunity. That's th- real cool. I, I think kids uh, should come to college ready to learn at a college level. And if they're not ready to learn at the college level, then that's what community colleges are for. I, I don't think kids, kids need extra help in college. I think they should be ready when they get there. And gee, I, I think I'm turning around on this a little bit because honestly, how is a college supposed to distinguish between 10,000 applicants and 2,000 spots? And the only thing that they have from the student is an essay and a sheet of grades from little Lord, Lord Fauntleroy's private school for guaranteed college admissions in which every student gets an A. I mean, we've seen the, the issue of grade inflation across the country in like an A in Pittsburgh might be, you know, a C in Delaware or a C in Delaware might be a D in, you know, New Jersey. The colleges don't know what a, a GPA means from high school anymore. Mm-hmm. And the only thing they have to c- clue in on is like AP courses. So, OK, were they taking honors classes to get that grade? So I understand that at least they got some like r- like standardized test level requirements for curriculum or a test score. And that's it. Extracurriculars, they can look at stuff like that too. But yeah, yeah. You know know what I just want to do? How about this? Bring the SAT back. Yeah. Keep colleges really expensive. Here's my fair trade-off. Okay. Bring trades to high schools. Great. Vocational schools, bring that back. Make sure that you're able to, when you leave high school, you have the ability to be able to grab a trade before you go. Make some if, money. If that's the case, I'm all fair. Keep things great. So then that way, the person from the rich neighborhood that goes to the colleges and everything yeah. like that, the person who doesn't have the ability to pay for that has an ability to get a trade. And so now they can compete in the job world against you. If we want to make it fair, let's make it fair. But we have a history in this country of not wanting things to be fair for all. I oh, wonder why that is. Never get over this conversation, Jake. I, I mentioned this conversation I had with someone that we both know recently about uh, kids having pre-SAT boot camp stress because they were going to pre-SAT boot camp to learn how to take that test. Yikes. And the same person talking about private soccer coaches for seven-year-olds. <laughs> It feels like we live in totally separate countries sometimes, yeah. even within the same city. Come on, let's 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 get with the trades and schools. Every high school, every from 16 years old. You mean to tell me those junior senior years that you can't part of that class can't be spent on a trade? I bet you you'd have more kids being more focused in school. You have less kids skipping school. It would be so much better. But in my heart, I just have this feeling, Jake. I have this feeling that that's not what a lot of people want because that would give access to a little bit more equity and opportunity for people to get out here in the job world and win. Uh, At 1130, 
the Huskies playing a national championship game. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the excitement sitting around that. But I got to share with you, there was some cringe for me that happened when I heard a conversation between the governor of Washington and the governor of Michigan. We do that next. It is the Gene Nelson Show with Jake Scoron. Ursula Show. Good morning to you. Jake Scorheim is in for Ursula. Before we get to talking about the University of Washington Huskies, Jake, just give me one second. I, you know, over this the past 2023, I just want to share that it has been a rough year for my co-host Ursula. I'm bringing this up because I see a lot of the text messages and people asking, and I, I, I'm, no, I'm sure some of you are really concerned with Ursula, and and then sometimes that there are assumptions made about my co-host and, and taking off work. But because she's posted it, so I feel like I just want to remind you, one, Ursula will be back on Tuesday of next week. We look forward to her being here. I can't wait. The show misses her. No question about it. Ursula had a very rough 2023. Her health, she had some surgery this year. She lost her father this year. And her mom had just moved over to the Philippines, and she just lost her mom having to be over there. So I I felt it was time to kind of bring this up because I see a lot of the text messages, I see a lot of the comments, and I see a lot of the assumptions. But I just really wanted to address that. And we are in communications with Ursula, and we look forward to her coming back. And Tuesday will be the day. And we still keep Ursula in our prayers. Just wanted to kind of knock that out a little bit. I don't know how to segue out of this, but let's go to the University of Washington and the Huskies right now. They are on their way. Uh, they're going to be playing in at, in Houston, Texas against the University of Michigan. It is a huge game. Kickoff 445. Jake, I know you're excited. You'll be doing your show at 7 o'clock because of your dedication to this station. Cairo Knights, make sure you check that out. Yes, sir. But today, there was a friendly wager that was at stake. And I know you guys sometimes says, gee, sometimes you can be immature. Gee, sometimes you can be petty. I'll agree with you. And here's another moment of that. Jake, I heard something Heather Bosch played today, and it was a wager between the governor of Washington and a governor of Michigan. I've I've heard people talking about this. I haven't actually heard this clip yet, though. Okay. I I could probably let it go. And if you guys, again, if you guys say I'm petty, I, I'll agree. I am. But this was nails on the chalkboard to me, and I'll see if you guys agree. Hey, Inslee. I mean, Governor. What's college football without a little smack talk? Hey, listen, this has been a big Husky season. I'm looking forward to closing it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer and Washington Governor Jay Inslee on X. Inslee predicting victory for the Huskies. Want to bet? Whitmer's wager. Some of Michigan's finest brewskis. Inslee's putting up. The wines, the finest wine in the world, right from Washington State. Lastly, raising the stakes there. See you on the gridiron and go blue. Good dogs. Heather Bosch, Cairo News Radio. I, I don't know, Jake. You found that a little cringy? <laughs> I did. 
What do, you, what do you think it was about it that kind of just made your skin crawl? Um, I, I'll tell you what it is. You ever hear someone um, pretend like they care about something? Oh, yeah. And you can kind of hear it in their voice. Now, I could be totally wrong. I'm not saying that these governors don't care. Maybe they do. No, they don't. All right? I'll, I'll... <laughs> they don't. You can right? tell. You can you tell. Know what I'm no, you can like, tell he doesn't care. Like, Somebody know. had to hand him a piece of paper. Oh, By okay. the way, the Huskies right. are playing. Okay. What? okay, here's an example. I hope my wife isn't listening. There's a lot of times that my wife comes on and she's like, babe, look at what I got. Oh, my goodness. I, I totally got a sale. And I'm like, oh, that's great. But I don't care. Yeah. That's how I felt this energy with this discussion right here. Like, oh, go Wolverines. Go dogs. <laughs> it just and felt it just felt awkward. It felt like obligatory. Like their two press secretaries called each other up and said, oh, we've got to do this thing because everybody's expecting us to do this thing. But neither one of them are very good actors. Right. Yeah. Oh they, my they don't they don't hardly they don't even hardly know each other possibly. No, and it's both. like it's like, okay, all right, you you say this and I'm gonna say this. Okay, you have your press person talk to my press person, and then you see the email. Okay, these are the talking points, and you say this. Here, here's the other problem that I have with it. Yeah. It requires them to sound if they were doing it well. Andrew yeah. might you might disagree with this, you might agree with this. If they're doing this well, they should sound like real people, like normal people. Like if you and I were just having a conversation like we are right now, <laughs> and we were just talking about Huskies, we go, oh, yeah, it's going to be a really exciting game, blah, 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 whatever, whatever. But when when Jay Inslee does it, he puts it through, for whatever reason, he puts it through this, what does the average person want me to sound like? And then he ends up sounding like he always sounds, which I just, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of. But And then Governor Whitmer steps in, and she, I don't even know if she knows what a football is. And she was th- worse at it, actually. She's worse at it than he is. Like, that's the only saving grace is that she's worse funny, than he is. Funny you say that. Because I was on Governor Inslee. When I heard it again, I was like, wait a minute. Maybe she's worse. Let me just play that again for you. And then, uh, Chef, I want to hear what you have to say about this. Here we go. Uh, here we go. Hey, Inslee. I mean, Governor. What's college football without a little smack talk? Hey, listen, this has been a big Husky season. I'm <laughs> closing it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, okay. You know Stop the right there. Yeah, the moment that, it sounds bad. Okay, Hey, Inslee. I mean, Governor. What's college football without a little smack talk? Hey, listen, this has been a big Husky season. I'm looking forward to closing it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer and Washington Governor Jay Inslee on X. Inslee predicting victory for the Huskies. Want to bet? Ha-ha! Go on! So did they, so Chef, did they write that up? Ha-ha! Want to bet? There was, there's definitely like a staffer. They're like, you know, we we need to bump up our social media uh, uh, influence here. We need to get one of those Gen Zers and get on the TikToks. Let's do the TikToks. And then they bring in the young person. They're like, guys, normally we just send back a letter, right? Or you make a statement on How about a video? I'll talk to their office. Perfect. And they'll talk with us. And we'll do a back and forth. It'll get real spicy like, right? And Governor Inslee is actually a UW alumni. So I would expect him to have a little bit more passion there. But... Whitmer, man, she's so fake. And apparently, like this lady, she apparently curses like a sailor when she's off camera. She's like, she's a tough cookie. Mm. I love her. This is the worst thing I've ever heard her do in her life. And the most she has to offer is, offer is Michigan beer. Yeah. 
Come on. Like, you could not put Michigan beer up against the best wine in Washington. Right. Like, what are you offering? Milwaukee's best? Can you, can you, if you, okay, now, now think of it this way. Okay. If you can play it one more time. Okay. And now here's what they're doing. Just imagine this in your head, and you know this is true. I don't even need to have you do this, but everyone knows this is true. Okay. They're clearly reading a script, right? You think, you think they're reading a script? hundred percent. Yes, they're reading yeah. a script. And it has little notes. It has a parenthesis that says, sound excited, when she says, ha-ha. Emphasis point. Okay. Yeah. All right. oh, they read emphasis point the by, first by, by, Absolutely. By the yeah. way, if there's anybody that wants to complain, send your emails to the bosses upstairs and make sure you guys put me in it. I am the reason for this segment right here. It is not Jake. It is not Chef. No, I'm happy to have this my name is, on this one. This is mine. Okay. So I'm going to play it again. So you're saying visualize the script. Inslee has a paper in front of him and okay. says, oh, make sure to mention Washington Wines. She has one that says, ha ha. Okay. And he has like whatever that weird little thing he does at the beginning where he's trying to sound like he's enthusiastic. So, so it it's says, all written down. Yes. You think it Scripted. says, come in, upbeat. All right. Yes. You'll play it again. Hey, Inslee. I mean, Governor. What's college football without a little smack talk? Hey, listen, this has been a big Husky season. I'm looking forward to closing it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer and Washington Governor Jay Inslee on X. Inslee predicting victory for the Huskies. Ha, want to bet? Whitmer's lead Michigan's finest brewskies. Inslee's putting up. The wines, one of the finest wine in the world, right from Washington State. Lastly, raising the stakes there. See you on the gridiron and go blue. Good she's she's oh, never heard the word gridiron before. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jake, you're right. Yep. By the way, I'm going to take this time to give love to our colleague, Heather Bosch. <laughs> Heather Bosch, thank you for doing this. Outstanding. You always do amazing work. But yeah, you're right, bro. See you on the gridiron. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You want to talk about improv at the Grammys? This is like your improv at your local rec center. <laughs> I think if. Hey, uh, Inslee. I mean, Governor. What's college football without a little smack talk? Hey, listen, this has been a big Husky season. <laughs> What right. about a box of apples from Apple Maggot Quarantine Area if Michigan wins? Genius. <laughs> send it. We'll send that, right? We can send that. Right. Hey, y'all, uh, coming up next, we're going to be doing uh, your text messages and feedback, and then we'll have words to live by. It's Gene Ursula with Jake Scrod. Credit where credit is due. I got to give some love. We were talking about the bets between uh, Governor Whitmer and from Michigan and Governor Jay Inslee from here in the state of Washington. Doug in Mount Vernon says, forget the beer for the bet. Send us some cheap gas, Governor Whitmer. Love it. <laughs> Great idea. Got it. Yeah, there's good. All right. We're going to start with the text messages. Protest on I-5. Sandy and Fairwood says, I feel for the Palestinians, but not for those protesters. Get some tear gas out. This isn't even our country. Go home and fight if you care that much. Ernie and Kent says, gee, we had to cancel Sandra's 60th birthday dinner at the Edgewater restaurant on Saturday because of the demonstration. She was cool with it, though. <laughs> Whoa. I, I, look, I told you guys before, I almost was in this traffic. Ernie, brother, 
I would have been mad, just being honest. 425 says protests are one thing. Blocking emergency vehicles from getting uh, where they need to be to go is another. There were ambulances with people who were actually dying that were significantly delayed from medical treatment. How would you view this if this was your loved one? Great question. Uh, Michael in Maple Valley says, when I think about protests like the Greensboro sit-in, I see a protest directly related to what was trying to be changed. We live in a better world because of protests like that. When I think of blocking I-5 for the current Palestine-Israel conflict, I am not sure how much effect it has on the cause of the real issue at hand. UW plays for a national title tonight. Greg in Vegas says, gee, you said Michigan. You know what, Greg? You're right. I usually say team up north because I'm an Ohio State fan. Just recently, I just said, you know what? I'm tired of saying the state up, uh, the, the team up north. I don't feel like doing that. With people looking at me like I'm crazy, I'm going to say Michigan. Go ahead. What do you got there, brother? Uh, Boeing Max blowout uh, story. Robin and Stanwood says, let's not assume Boeing is at fault, partially or completely, too early. Mark says, I used to drill with Boeing fire two or three times a year. Seven years ago, a senior firefighter shared his frustration about the new attitude at Boeing was run it to failure. G is right about the corporations and the bottom line focus. Susan and Kent says, why are you talking about Boeing and not Alaska Air? They had pressure warning lights on two previous flights. The warnings were there, but were not checked out. Come on. Jody Foster says, Gen Z is annoying to work with. 206 says, totally, totally, totally agree with Jody Foster. Jack in 253 says, I remember the phrase, work smarter, not harder. I'm in my 70s. 206 says, the lazy Gen Z trope is just office culture. It's always been that way. Working class folks still show up and hustle. Nothing new under the sun. J.N. Puyallup says, has there ever been a generation that's been like, man, these young people are the best. I love that they're learning from my generation's mistakes and changing things. <laughs> good, good, good point, Jay. Who was the famous, who was famous from your school? Glenn says, James Edwards. Patrick and Anthony Allen are still good friends of mine from high school. Terrence in the 509 says, I used to be friends and occasionally used to join uh, to jam with Mark Hoppus from Blink-182. We went to high school together. Annette says, my high school graduates, Robin Williams and Pete Carroll. Those are good ones. Those are real good ones. Uh, Robert in 206 says, went to high school with Toby Keith in Moore, Oklahoma. Jamie in Seattle says, I went to school with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Some schools bringing back the SATs. G says, bring back the trade schools instead. Mike says, yes, G! Exclamation point. Plumbing jobs in the area once used licensed pay between, uh, I'm sorry, once earned licensed pay between 100 and 200,000. Normal hours, Monday through Friday days. 360 says, G, you nailed it with trades. My high school had trades programs, including an auto shop, home building, drafting architecture, and wood shop. We even had our own forge there. I was so far ahead of everyone else in my technical program in the Navy that I was able to apply for and get a limited duty officer spot. Uh, 04 in the Navy with no college degree. High school needs to offer both courses of instruction. 
Kirk and Mount Vernon says, gee, I never went to college yet. I had the ability to do machine shop and learn about tools and things like that. I have a railroad repair company now. I equate almost all of my knowledge to having classes at school that were hands-on showing you how things work. Amen to bringing back trades in high schools. Time for Words to Live By, brought to you by Wilcox Farms. Gee, I'm, I'm glad you gave up your grudge against the team up north and uh, to your favorite bugaboo, personally. Holding a grudge doesn't make you strong. It makes you bitter. Forgiving doesn't make you weak. It sets you free. Just go and blow that chip on off your shoulder. Yeah, I'm still struggling. Uh, Brother Nick. (laughs) Well, with the bow tied up on the Seahawks season with their final game played last night, there's a void to be filled for the bittersweet end to give this sports neighborhood a little light. And there's no turning south for our old Mariner friends until a few months remain for their start. And while the Kraken still sit in the middle of their year with our good faith, that's always in heart. But ah, looking north towards the great Union Bay lights a campus with high hopes ahead for the boys in the bowl. An underdog once more barking out husky pride when they say, so good luck tonight for you, Dub, and Go Dogs as they reach for the top of the cast while the governors place their bets while the two Gen Z teams are too relaxed. Hey, stay out of this one, Jody Foster. You, you get out of here. Nick, very well said. <laughs> I've been doing this show. We're coming up on four years on the 28th, I believe. That's right. Brother Chef. I remember one time we were talking about who let the dogs out. And yeah. Jake, I don't know if you know this, but then Chef comes up with this history is like, hey, gee, did you know? Chef, go ahead. Tell him. It's not about dogs. I thought this was a commentary by Nick on Washington's 43rd rank on most beautiful people. Uh, dogs in the songs meaning means uh, less than good looking ladies. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yeah. No. Yeah. I look. At, whenever I hear who let the dogs out now, now I'm like, ooh, are you allowed to say that? Oh, the more you know. <laughs> Jake. Good stuff, man. Thank you. This was fun. Thanks for having me. Make sure you guys listen to Cairo Nights tonight, 7 o'clock. Jake Scorheim is the host. Got to check it out. Chef, I appreciate you, brother. Thank you. Nick, my man. See you tomorrow, brother. Uh, The Jack and Spike show comes up next. Make sure you tune in for that. We appreciate you for listening. Love you for that. And as always, be kind. Hope you have as much fun as we have. So long, everybody. Say, my doggy is not in your feet. Oh, ha, ha, ha.